Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It's always an honor for me to have you listen and share the podcast. This episode is sponsored by Palm Valley Insurance. Give them a call for your auto and house insurance. They're so great and they save me over $600 a year on all my accounts. They're licensed in California, Nevada, and Arizona. Give them a shot. Call them at 760-775-7256. They will take care of all your insurance needs. Ten rounds, and today we have... Danny Roman, former Unified Champion and now mandatory for the WBC title. Hey, Danny, how are you? I'm doing good, Nancy. Thank you for having me here. You've been making a lot of buzz this week. I had to look for you. I was on the hunt. I was a little outspoken to, uh, this week, but, you know, just for the good of me. You know, it's crazy because, um, I don't know if you know, but I'm working in the PBC bubbles um, here in L.A. And and we were talking about that, about fighters making buzz, you know. And, and we're in a generation where back in the day, you know, they just had to prove themselves in the ring and that was it. But now you have to, you know, talk trash and, and do all these things on social media in order... Um, to get fans it's unfortunate but it's the generation we live in you know yes no no i agree with you and uh we just gotta uh, try to adapt with the times you know try to keep yeah. up with them yeah and what have you been doing uh during the the pandemic well um first of all i was trying to keep myself in shape i've been going to the gym almost every day uh following this protocols as well so mm-hmm. try to prevent the virus because uh i feel i got families i got parents i got nephews brothers you know i don't want to get them sick e- even in the gym you know i got teammates and i i got partners as well that i don't want to to get it either and you fought in our bubble in Connecticut, which is a little different from this one in L.A. This one in L.A. is very, very safe. I'm not saying that one isn't, but because it's in a casino, there's a little it's a little different. But how was your first fight during COVID? You know that you have to fill out this questionnaire every day, get your temperature, be quarantined. How, how was that fight week for you? Oh, really, really different, Nancy. It was a uh... <laughs> awkward at sometimes because uh, they they take your temperature every every time they saw you every morning you had to go yeah. get scanned and sign some papers fill them up and uh, do that every morning every single morning that you were there and every, everywhere you go you they gave you like a bracelet so they'll know where you've been at but like yeah like it was in a casino I mean you're taking care of yourself but like you're still like being exposed to the people outside but like they try to keep us uh in the bubble like you said yeah and uh it's it's good it's good for us because they're taking care of us but at the same time you know like you don't got as much freedom as how you you were used to having it yeah it's like you you do you have like a traditional 
meal you eat after weigh-ins because now the, like today today was weigh-ins here in the bubble and the guys they have to eat they have two choices chicken or spaghetti or whatever you yes know? yes <laughs> yeah like you only got two choices yeah and uh and usually well usually i'll, I'll have a uh, like a big bowl of pasta after the weigh-ins and then uh-huh. uh i'll see whatever i'm craving after that like later in the day but like you you gotta like uh see what you eat you know because usually they might not have pasta or chicken or or if you eat beef so you gotta you gotta eat what you what they're putting in front of you but at the same time you gotta be careful so it won't affect your diet or the way you were uh you're used to eating and then you're quarantined as soon as you get there you get covid tested you check in and you have to stay in your room until you get your results so obviously for you it was a travel day so you, you probably didn't get a chance to work out until what like the following day yes yes uh we flew out of here like around 11 in the morning 11 yeah like 11 12 between it and, and we got there in the rooms passing midnight because mm-hmm. we left here tuesday tuesday morning and we got there like uh, you could say starting uh wednesday early wednesday oh. so it was a long day it was a long trip and uh but yeah we got tested uh that same day and uh they kept us in the room and, and you feel a little a little difference because usually i mean i'm i'm not overweight but like i imagine the people that like got a few pounds they gotta lose yeah and you can't you you can only work out of your room you say you're used to running in a treadmill or working out a little bit more I think it was uh, complicated for them or it gets complicated for for fighters like that and that's the thing that I've been you know talking a lot about in the podcast and to people they have to be aware that it you can't leave the hotel once you're in you can't go running outside you can't go to the gym until you have a, a designated gym time which is like an hour um, and that's like a day or two later depending on, on you know the time you arrive but it, it's so different that fighters need to fighters that have a hard time making weight they really have to be prepared yes I agree with you on that because uh, there's not a lot of options there you know you say if you're traveling you just lost the day of uh, the day you travel even the, the following day because you gotta like get tested and wait for the results once the, the results are in and mm-hmm. uh, you're free from the from the virus, then you could work out the following day. And like you said, they give you an hour or sometimes even less because everything's yeah. timed. Yeah, because they have to sanitize it between gym times, you know? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that's that. You guys, he experienced the bubble, but how did it feel fighting with no fans? He felt really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a lot different you know is the people they they bring like uh they pick up they pick up your spirit they the adrenaline from them they transmit it to you so it, it was uh different you even like hear the commentators i heard them doing the fight and uh but like you, you know you can't focus on that you because you gotta got in front of you yeah but but, but they're so it, loud it echoes and you yes. can hear them yes yeah. i mean even though you're in the fight you can still like hear like like I said, the commentators, you hear your corner, you hear the other guy's corner. You can hear everything because it's, it's not a lot, there's not a lot of people there. 
Yeah, I mean, I I get to go watch the fights. You know, like tomorrow, I get to go watch the fights, and I can hear the commentators. And if I can hear the commentators, I'm positive <laughs> that the fighters can hear them too. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it, it, if you're not focused in the fight, it can mess with your head. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that's why I always say boxing is such a mental sport. You have to just you're in the ring by yourself. You have to ignore everything else, but. Just think about when you fought at the forum, when you when you unified your titles. Man, that was a great fight. That was that was a badass fight. And then and then to go from that to so quiet. <laughs> right? Be- before that, like mentally, like my corner was getting me ready. I was trying to get myself ready for that. But like uh, it's a whole different thing once you're up there, you know, like you think you're ready, but like uh, you'll notice then. Maybe you actually got ready for that, so. Yeah, definitely. But um, how did it feel to get back in the ring overall? Because you're lucky. A lot of fighters haven't gotten to get back in the ring. Yes, yes. Like, well, before this pandemic started, uh, my my team, uh, Team Roman, had me uh, ready so I could come back. Like, so you could say uh, in the summer, June, July. Mm-hmm. But all this happened and. Uh, uh, I was like go by uh, the zone uh, uh-huh. bathroom yeah so those plans changed a little and uh, we, we signed with uh, PBC and I, I I was lucky like you said that I got to fight this year because yeah. I know I know a lot of fighters uh, especially the ones that don't have a promoter it's, it's yeah. hard for them to get a fight yeah yeah how does it feel being a part of PBC now oh it's good I mean good people uh they've given me a lot of exposure a lot of interviews and um i liked it you know good people so now we're gonna i'm gonna change the subject you know we already got your your pandemic fight let's go back to to little little danny little danny you know five six years old what was that danny like (laughs) well I wasn't a, I wasn't a troublemaker, but I was always on something. <laughs> but uh, so a little, a little bit travieso. A little, not a lot, just, just a little. But <laughs> overall, uh, you were a good kid. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, I had, I got good, good parents. So they, they always uh, show me good manners. Uh huh. My upbringing was good. <clears throat> I mean, now a few years later, my parents divorced, but like overall, they they they're good parents. Uh, whatever yeah. whatever happens between them, you know, it was between them. But but like that didn't um affect, affect us like them not loving us or not teaching us manner. You know, yeah. they, they still continue. But like uh, it, it was good. But like you know, as a kid, you get end up getting in trouble or play around you play a little too rough and beating up people you're getting beat up <laughs> the same yeah <laughs> when did you started boxing did you stay with your mom or your dad with my dad with your dad yes that's different because most kids stay with their mom i i'm going through a divorce myself right now and I have all four of my kids, you know, I gave them the option and they all came with me. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I had to make that decision. Uh, yeah. I, I love my both of my parents. Uh, I love them, but like you know what, everybody's going with my mom, and I, I can't leave my dad by myself. You know, like I'll be worried for him, even though if I go with my mom, I'll be worried for my dad. Oh, I hope he's doing good, and so I'm most of uh, my kid brothers, uh, younger brothers went with my mom. And mm-hmm. me and my older brother went with my dad. How old were you? I was, oh God, I was like seventeen. Oh, you were. Oh, you were yeah. older. Yes, yeah. I, was, I was a teen already. But like, imagine seeing your parents, uh, you could say for seventeen, seventeen years together, and and mm-hmm. I don't know, we're just separate. I know yeah. that. I feel like that's what happened to my my kids are around that age, and why well, I have my little ones too, but. But my 15-year-old hesitated. The same thing that you're saying. She said, I feel bad leaving my dad alone, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you don't have to, you know? This is all up to you. But I, I can just imagine how difficult decision it is. It is because you, know? uh, you don't want to favor nobody in that situation, you know? Because you, lo- you love both of them. But Was your mom understanding about it? What was that? Was your mom understanding about it? Like, did she understand your point of view? Yes, because uh, I I talked to both of them, you know, mm-hmm. and I talked to her like, you know what, mom, I I want to go with you, but at the same time, I want to be with my dad. Yeah. So she, she, I decided, and she respected my decision, and we moved on after that. And, and you have a good relationship with both. Yes. Now? Yes. Yes. I do. I I visit her. I say when I get a free, a little bit of free time. Yeah. I go visit her. Uh, she takes care of my uh, nephews, my older brother, and my sister's a uh, kid. Uh huh. So she's busy uh, babysitting <laughs> right now. Hey, that's what grandparents do. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it, you know. She's uh, yeah. taking care of her uh, grandsons, and uh, I see her I happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kids, they bring life to a house, you know? I, I just, I don't know. I, I love having kids in the house. No, they do, you know. It's, it's always something going on with them. <laughs> yeah. Either either the diaper or they're fighting or they want to eat. There's, there's always something going on with them. So you'll have a handful when, with the kids. When they see you on TV or what do they say? Well... They're two years, two and a, two years and a half. So really they, they don't really, yeah. they don't really. I mean, they might know what's going on, but like they don't have like a complete idea what's what's really happening. Okay, yeah, they're little. Someone told me, or I heard somewhere, maybe in an interview, that you have a chicken in your house. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yes, it's a. It's not not a lot of people know. <laughs> But yes, 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 well, I do. Tell, I, us about the, tell us about the chicken. The chicken, uh, well, <laughs> we, at the place I'm staying right now, we got like uh, a lot of bugs, you know? And like, yeah. so we kept on using um, all this poison, all this to get rid of them. And they just kept on coming more. So my dad, my dad's uh, from, from El Rancho in uh, uh-huh. Mexico. He said, you know mm-hmm. what? Uh, 
this was this was uh, his idea you know he talked to my he talked to me and said you know what i'm going to get two chickens two chicks and uh-huh. uh i'm gonna, i'm gonna, i'm gonna train them so they can eat little, the little bugs so he actually i actually went to the gym that day uh-huh. i came back <laughs> mm-hmm. and i saw the two little chicks right there yeah and my dad was he used to that you know he used to taking care of animals and i was like man they're going to poop a lot <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so did it work did the chickens they, work they did my my dad trained them and they see a little bug going around and uh, they'll run to it and they'll eat it either is they they're full they'll just kill it right there and and i'm the one picking them up to- I'm I'm about to go buy some chickens because I just moved and and I got my place fumigated because I freaked out and <laughs> and then they're charging me like $150 a month or something to to go fumigate every month and maybe it's cheaper if I just buy some chickens <laughs> and my kids would be so happy too. <laughs> I, it's, it's good because you learn a lot from a, from like stuff that you don't know about chickens you you learn right there but at yeah. the same time it's it's the poop you, oh, you got to yeah. you got to keep the house especially if you like having the house clean you yeah. got to like clean 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 every every single minute <laughs> but they they know these things because my grandparents are are from the rancho too my my grandparents live in Guanajuato And I always ask my grandma, why do you have these ugly cats here? You know, like why they're so ugly? And she goes, "Es para que se coman los ratones," you know. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my god." <laughs> they know. They know. They know. They, they don't know about. They don't care about fumigating. They just use other animals to kill the other, the smaller animals. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Oh man. So, uh, so tell us what with little Danny. When when was the first time you you set foot in a gym? I was uh, like seven years old. What made you go in? I was uh, playing soccer, football, like always. And um, a kid brought the ball. He started like saying, "You know what? Uh, you can't kick the ball that hard." You know, and so I was like, "Why not? It's a soccer game." No, but it's my ball, my rules. So yeah. Like, okay, you know, he's, he's one of these guys. Yeah. So after a while, you you get tired of that. So what I did, I was I just kicked the the ball over the, the fence. Uh huh. And there's no way you could get it because you're seven years old. The teachers are watching you, and so they ganged me up, and I got beat up that day. <laughs> Oh man. I came home crying and um my dad said, "You know what? You got to learn how to defend yourself, you know. Okay, you're going to keep on getting in trouble and coming home crying and you're not defending yourself or you got to learn how to fight and how to box." And that time my my uncle was uh training my cousin and, and my older brother into boxing. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I didn't have no idea what boxing was. I just saw my brothers with uh, his hand wraps and uh, gloves. Uh-huh. So I went the first. I went the following day. My dad sent me right away. He's like, you know what? You gotta go. So the next day, I was uh, with my uncle, trying to learn how to fight, how to box. 
So he was he taught me the basics of everything, and uh, little by little, uh, I started hitting the bag. Once you know, as a kid, you don't you don't want to go through the learning how to walk, learning how to stand, all this yeah. basics from boxing. You uh-huh. just you just see a bag, you want to get the gloves, and you want to hit the bags, punch yeah. it, punch it. So my uncle like he knew how to deal with me, and he taught me everything. You know. He jump rope, uh, throw a jab, step, step to left, right, back, all that. He taught me all that, and so I was bored. But like once uh, he put me to spar, uh-huh. uh, I was like, I kept on getting hit. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, I got to get him back. I got to get him back. And uh-huh. so poco a poco, you know, little by little, I started competing once I was eight. And uh I started winning, and I, I like that feeling, you know, that feeling of winning, of, of all that work you put in, and mm-hmm. and you see you won, all that like paid off. So. Once, and what was your amateur record? It was uh, 60, 60 wins and uh, ten losses. So that, that's that's a lot of experience as an amateur. I mean, enough for you to be comfortable to go pro. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and um, what age did you go pro? Well, I was as soon as uh, well, I'm gonna say this uh, before um, turning pro, I was maybe like 16, 17, and uh-huh. I went to the Western tryouts to try out for the Olympic team, the 2008 uh-huh. uh, Beijing US team. Mm-hmm. But I, I lost at the uh, the Western tryouts. Y, y me, me desanimé, you know, I was like, ah, you know what, mm. forget boxing, you know, like, this is my goal, and uh, I just lost the opportunity, you know, because I wasn't, mm. I wasn't thinking of going professional, my, yeah. my goal was, you know what, I'm gonna try to go to the Olympics and uh, get myself a gold medal, yeah, so that happened, uh, me desanimé, and I didn't want to know nothing about boxing, for how long? Maybe, maybe like not not the whole year, or 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 was it? But it but was it months that you just left it? Close close to a year. I wasn't doing nothing, nothing like wow. no gym or running. Do you remember who you lost against? No, I I can't remember. I was so mad that I I just threw everything away. You know, I was like, nah, man, I don't want to know nothing about boxing. But uh, at the same time, my, my dad, you know, was like, hey, like, you don't want to go box? My dad kept on, you know, trying to trying to get at me. He's like, no, dad, like, no. So my, my friends invited me, my my trainers, my older brother. Uh, he was still, he was, he was a professional. He was already a pro. Mm-hmm. So I, if I ended up going one day, visit once a month. Uh, never come back to the following month. So what my dad mm-hmm. did, uh, he paid the membership that month. And I was like, Dad, like, yeah, I don't want to box. I was like, he didn't say anything. He just left it like that. And I, but like, in my mind, I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't let this month go by, you know? Like, <laughs> so that kept on bugging me. That little fire in me, like, kept on bugging me. Like, you know what? And I saw, I saw like some people trying to teach something that I knew and I was like 
I got up automatically. I was like, you know what? You do, you throw it like this. <laughs> so that uh, that was in me. So I got back at it. My dad paid the month, and the following day I went. That week I went twice. That week, the following week I went three three days, and then so on. I just started back again, and, and that's when I said, like, you know what? Okay, so amateur is already out. You know what? I'm gonna try this this uh, professional. Try to go pro and see where it takes me. What gym was that? It was in uh, Broadway, 108 in Broadway, in uh, okay. South LA. Oh, is that where you grew up? Well, I uh, I grew up in Inglewood, but like I was coming to this gym over here as a kid. I, I started at uh, Hoover, Hoover mm-hmm. Boxing Gym. And um, something happened, uh, I can't remember, as a kid. And uh, we went uh, with Eddie. It was, uh-huh. uh, what city was it? <laughs> I can't remember the city. <laughs> but like, uh, I went with Eddie and that gym closed with Eddie. It was called Punch Boxing. That gym closed okay. and like, I don't know what happened. Everybody went their separate ways and I, I came back to a Broadway Boxing Gym. So I, was, I started right there getting ready and... Uh, uh, I went to spar to Maywood uh, mm-hmm. when I when I when I was thinking I was ready to turn professional, uh, spar with the some guys there, and I saw Don Chewy, you know, mm-hmm. I saw Don Chewy. My my dad talked to him and I talked to him, and uh, he connected us uh, with Eddie back again. And uh, Don Chewy is a very knowledgeable man in boxing. Yes, yes, he he knows uh. He knows a lot, like a lot, yeah. a lot. Yeah. So don't. He's a he's a hidden gem. I always say. Oh man, <laughs> the the tree, <laughs> tree knows his stuff. Yeah, man. he's a good guy too. Hey, man. Yeah, he is. So it, don't tree connected me with Eddie, and uh, we saw Eddie. I was like, oh, like you know what? And I had trained with Eddie as a kid. Mm-hmm. So we knew Eddie. We well, I mean. I wasn't training with him all these years, but like we used to see each other in uh, in tournaments, in fights. We say hi, he say hi back to us. Uh, but like we were telling him, you know, we we want to we turn pro. And uh, ever since we, we've been with Eddie as professionals, we started uh, our careers together and uh, with Unchui as well. And it's, it's been good, you know, great team. And tell us about your pro debut. Well, it was um, so that happened. I was getting ready, uh, and I turned professional when I was twenty. I was twenty. Uh, it didn't last long. I think it went like what was it like forty seconds around there, like 40, 50 mm-hmm. seconds. Uh, first round body shot. Wow. <laughs> so that was my first uh, professional. How did that feel for you? What happened? How did how did you feel? I felt that it went uh everything went by quick. <laughs> but I mean, just to win your first professional fight, I mean, like damn, I could do this, right? Yes. Well, before before that, like uh, you know, the the team gets you mentally ready. But like, I wasn't even nervous. I remember I wasn't even nervous because I was so excited to be back in the 
the ring, you know, it's like, you know what? Yeah. It feels good. Let's go. <laughs> and I and I like yeah. it, you know, it was like, wow, man, the, the gloves felt little. It was uh, eight ounces. And I was like, yeah. man, is it, I'm going to hurt the guy or, or are they going to hurt me? <laughs> Something's going to happen. And it did. Yeah. 40, 50 seconds, the uh, first round. And were you already signed with Thompson or not yet? At that time, no, no, no. I will, I will sign by the second fight, but not, not, not the first fight. That's good though, because you you know as a fighter how hard it is to be signed by any prom- promotional company. Yes, because uh, I mean, it, it's hard because it's your first fight, and not a lot of people know much about you unless you you right. got like a good uh amateur record like outstanding amateur record but if it's not like he, i i seen i seen a lot of a lot of fighters of uh, amateur fighters that they were good in um uh, amateur but like once they turn pro is is a whole different thing yeah yeah it really is it really is that's why some amateurs they take their trainers to the pros and I, I'm a huge believer in having an experienced trainer in your corner, an experienced professional boxing trainer, because it, it's it's so different. Even though it's the same sport, it's the amateurs are so different from the pros. It, it, it is, and um, you you gotta make that uh, adjustment. You could say that transition from amateur to professional, because uh, from outside it might look easy but like once you're inside it's, it's a whole different thing yeah definitely so you kept fighting you kept the, the you're a very disciplined fighter you stay in the gym you're i i mean it, as far as i know i don't think you're the party type you know mm-hmm. no no I, I'm, right? I'm not no i i just i'm uh i we, okay this is my mentality, you know, like, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm going to concentrate on it and I'm going to give 100% of it. If I'm being in and out, like, might as well just get out, you know, because if I'm not putting my 100% on it and my full focus, I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm going to be wasting my time and I'll be wasting uh, the people that are helping me. I'm going to be wasting their time as well. Well, yeah, because just think about it. You've already put so many years into it. Mm-hmm. You you have to create that. You have to accomplish what you're what you want to do because boxing is a short career. You know, by by thirty something, some well, unless you're uh, Bernard Hopkins, fifty. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, you have to. Uh, give it your all because at the end of the day you you you're going to retire and you want to retire early and you want to retire okay you know health wise yes and and i think that's that's like the main one you know you got to be healthy uh, sano uh, no no problems and uh, you know you want to leave the sport good you don't want to leave the yeah. sport by an injury or something really serious cuz remember you, you're risking your life you know, yeah, your your life. So is many fighters fighters that have gotten brain injuries. I mean, it's it's no joke. It's it's not football. It's not soccer. It's you're getting hit for a living. Yes. Yeah, and hitting, but 
you know, for those of us that have followed your career, you are an exciting fighter inside the ring. Outside, sometimes, you know, uh, you're a little quiet. No, uh, no, no, I, I am. I am. I'm not going to say I'm not. I... But as far as, you know, in the ring, you're one of the most exciting fighters out there. You know, you we love watching you fight, Danny. You know, like your fights, you, you bring out something that not every fighter has. So you have the talent, you have the ganas to be in there to win. Um, tell us when you got your first world title opportunity, what that was like for you. Um, I remember um, I fought for the title eliminator against uh, Adam Lopez. Not a lot of people knew much about me because I was just fighting on um, at the Thompson in Ontario. Just yeah. local. And once I got that chance, you know, like, I was like, you know what? I trained so hard for this, and it's time, you know, to show the people who, yeah. who Danny Roman is and to prove to myself that I'm ready for the championship fight. And it was a great night. I stopped him. I, I don't think he came out for the 10th round. So mm-hmm. you could say it was a nine-round TKO, right? Or Yeah. So... I look good on that and uh, at that time uh, the champion was called Sermeño mm-hmm. so he fought uh, Sean Kubo which Sean Kubo beat him to become the champion and uh, my my team kept on pushing it and kept on uh, pushing it so like he could fight me next because well, we were the mandatory for it and um uh, that happened, I remember, I was like, they, once uh, Sean Kubo won, I was like, you know what, they, my team the team said, you know what, we're going to have to go to Japan. But, like, I didn't mind, you know, like, I was just excited to get the, it's like, you know what, I'm just one step away to becoming a world champ. And, yeah. and if I got to do this, you know, like, I'm going to do it. And it's a long trip, 12 hours, I believe, I'm flying. Yeah. But, like, uh, I love Japan. I love Japan. Uh, great people. Uh, great culture as well. They know their boxing. Uh, they do. They treated me good. They, they treated the whole team good. At, at the beginning, I don't know what happened with the with the hotel. This is a crazy story. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> uh, should, should I? Yeah, tell us. Well, we, it was a long trip. Uh, everybody was tired and the team they put us in a crazy uh, hotel you could say <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well I got there took a shower and went straight to sleep I didn't eat because it was, it was that late you know so I was yeah. like you know what I'm just gonna go to sleep and wake up tomorrow and we'll see what we'll get they the following day that, that happened the following day the whole team got together and uh, we went to a, a, a park everybody most of them I'm gonna say everybody because uh, most of them they were bitten they got bit and so they were saying they got bit by bed bugs <laughs> probably probably and but I was so tired I didn't I didn't even notice uh-huh. But uh, I don't know if I should say this. 
Just saying it. <laughs> oh, but I don't know if it's, it's appropriate. It's okay. It's a podcast. Okay, so <laughs> I was uh, I was itchy uh-huh. from using a towel. Oh man! So mescosia in, but it was in in my uh, genitals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was in your genitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then I was like, I heard all the stories and and from this guy's right, and I was all this time yeah. I was like, dude, don't tell me I got I got crabs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, tell, tell me that. This, tell, is, this is fight week, right? Well, we got there like 15 days before the fight, so we oh, could get adjusted okay. to the time zone and um. And the weather and all that, you know. So, this was the following day after we came back, maybe like two weeks before the fight. And I was like, "Man, how do you explain that, Nancy? Like to the whole team? Hey, I, I, I got. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And so from the towel. Oh my god! I hope they moved your hotel. Yeah, yes, they did. They did. Uh, Eddie, uh, right away he moved. Se movió. He moved and. Uh, he got all that done, and he, he, they moved me right away. Was it a nice hotel? What was that? Was it a nice hotel? Well, it wasn't a good one. <laughs> they were probably, I wonder if they were messing with you, Danny. I, like, we're going to put him in there. You, you know, this reminds me of when Ali fought Foreman. Ali was, like, in this nice hotel and in, 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 I think in, it was a rumble in the jungle mm-hmm. so it was I think that was Africa right yes and and George Foreman like everywhere he looked there was lizards in his bathroom there was lizards everywhere <laughs> like he was freaking out I, I don't I don't know because <laughs> I don't want to put stuff in my mind but I, I hope they didn't do it on purpose I hope they just did it as a quick way to get us in but like if they did, man, that was messed up. But and, and it didn't work, obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work, but but I mean, for a fight, a world title fight, they definitely should put you in a nice hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a learning experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, at least you know where not to stay when you go to Japan. Yeah, no, but but overall, <laughs> I I ignored all that. You know, they they're very good people. I can't say nothing so, bad about them. Really quick, how when you told the team, what did they tell you? Did they? I, I never told them about it. How are you gonna tell your whole team? Oh. Hey, I got this, and they're gonna ask me oh, how you got it, and what you're gonna respond with a situation like that. So I just kept it to myself <laughs> and. Good thing I hope it wasn't that, but it went away. It went away. Well, if it went, maybe it was just bed bugs, towel bugs. Yeah, <laughs> I, I also, but. <laughs> oh my goodness. But there you go. You're in Japan. Okay, getting ready for the fight. Um, were you nervous at all? A little, a little, a little. Cold. How many fans are there? How is it a big venue in Japan? Oh, uh, well, uh, it was. Um... It was a pretty big, not really big, but it was a, it was a good, good amount of people. But you know what? O- over there is, 
it's it's different from us, you know. Over here, I'm used to hearing everybody scream, "Hey, vamos!" Every, everybody's being loud. Over there, yeah. they they stayed uh, they're more quiet. I I you know what? It must be like a like I don't know when I went to uh, Pacquiao Rios in China. Mm-hmm. Everybody was quiet during the fight too. Mm. It was so weird. It's so weird. It must be a culture thing, maybe in in, in you know with the Chinese and the Japanese, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But did you make fans over there? Did did Japanese fans like? Did they like your style? Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, man, I was surprised when many uh, people came and say hi, came to con- congratulate me. Uh, I mean, you know, like right here, you you'll beat a fighter, you'll probably get if they were there it was if this their fighter they'll, they'll probably get cussed out or boo or something no but they're not yeah no no, no. They, they were really respectful you know they congratulate me and they show a lot of respect they show a lot of love as well and i gained a lot of fans you know even uh on my second uh, my second trip to japan that's where i saw like a whole bunch of fans came came to support and you didn't get the Olympic medal you wanted, but you became a world champion. Once you're a world champion, you're a world champion forever. You 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 leave a legacy. So how how did you feel that moment you became a world champion? Oh man, I I felt like I was on top of the world, top of the world, Nancy. I felt so good. I I I because you know you you hear you know like oh like once you become a champ, this this gonna happen. You gonna change. And I, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. You know, I was like, okay, like, everybody's telling me once you become a champion, uh, you're going to change or this. No, no. You know what? I was still the same dude. I, <laughs> I even told him. No, like, you were raised right. You were raised right. You have good parents. Yeah. And and I, I still, like, kept on saying, like, you know what? Like, you guys keep on telling me this. And I'm, I'm waiting for it. And I still feel the same. I feel like the same same guy. Like before winning the title, and now that I got the title, I, I feel like nothing has changed. But like I feel like a, a feeling inside me of a great achievement. You know, like I did something which I, you could basically say I was doing it for. Like, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. A ver hasta donde llego. See where the, this uh, leads me to. Yeah. And uh, but but I never never gave up. You know, it's like okay, if I'm on this, I'm gonna put. 100% of myself on this, 100% focus and discipline, because if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And yeah. look, look at me, I became a world champion and in, in Japan. What were, you, what were your the words that your dad told you when the first words he told you after you became a champion? Me, me dijo, tanto sacrificio, hijo, que hemos hecho, because... Eh, I he's seen. He, I if, if anybody that knows what I've been through, besides the team, that knows me, like really, really personal is my dad. He because he sees me. He he used to see me that I was, I was uh, getting up, wasn't complaining. I was dragging my feet <laughs> <laughs> to go run early morning, especially uh, when the time came to run in uh, Mount Baldy. Oh. Yeah. And it was a uh, winter, so he he saw all the sacrifices I had to make to become a world champion, 
and he should feel that he achieved it too you know like the whole yeah. team as well you know because this is not just me you know there there's there's a team behind me there's good people they care for me that they support me yeah before i was uh, a world champion you know yeah and, and they should feel because they won with me they yeah. everybody that followed me everybody that uh supports me they they should feel they they won because it's not just me you know it's them too yeah. and um what did um did your dad go with you to japan no 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 it was, okay uh, so so when you when you saw your dad for the first time as a world champion did you talk to him first or did he i i once i got uh to the room i connected to the wi-fi and uh, i gave him a call right there oh uh, okay we're both crying of excitement you know oh man <laughs> uh, igual con la mamá you know uh, yeah she, she plays a big part as well too you know yeah so the whole the whole family contentos feliz we're all happy the team uh i believe they they cried of joy you know of course they're yes. so proud of you yes and then and, and obviously you know thank god you didn't give up when you wanted to give up yes it's true he, he got a I mean he makes us go through stuff that uh, we don't understand but like all, all of that now that I'm I'm getting older I'm seeing you know like man all of this stuff that I went through all this uh, losses you know shaped me up to become the, the guy I am now you know yeah definitely and then and then I'm gonna jump to when you unified your titles that was that fight was <sighs> Man, that was a great fight. That was probably the fight of the night. Yeah, uh, you know what? I I'm gonna say this that I think that's been so far in my career the toughest fight of my career. Really? Yes, TJ Doheny. Yeah, I was Man, there. That, that was tough. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, was, it, and it was in my hometown as well too. Yeah, was your family in attendance? Everyone, friends, family, childhood friends, uh, neighbors, all everybody was attending that fight. My parents. Well, more, more, of reason, more of a reason for you to win. Yes, it was motivation. You know, I mean, once once you're in the ring, you're focused on the guy in front of you. But either way, you know, like knowing before, you know what? Uh, I got these people behind me, and they're cheering for me. And yeah. So that that pushes you, you know, like. You know what? I, I don't want to look bad. You know, let's bring this belt. Let's bring this mm-hmm. W. And you did, and you did it in an amazing way. You know, it was a great fight. And you know, unfortunately, you you did have a loss. That was a, a, a it was a very very close fight. You know, mm-hmm. the the fight. Um, it, it it was as much as how could I word this? Uh, I mean, it was, it was your career becoming a champion was amazing, but losing the titles. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand with fighters I've worked with. How, how do you overcome that? Dude, I think, I think if you lose, say like, okay, I got beat up. There's no way I won this fight. I think it's different from. You know, and it's a close fight. Like, okay, I'm gonna put an example. When I fought the champions, uh, Sean Kubo, 
in Japan.、Uh-huh. I knocked them out and I stopped them. I fought、uh, TJ Doheny.、Uh, I dropped him twice.、Uh, yeah, it was a tough guy, but like, you know, I, I tried to make it look like I was the one that was dominating, dominating the whole fight.、Mm-hmm. When, I, I know this fight with、uh, MJ was a close fight. Yeah, very. And, and, but like, I feel like I won like, for. Was, uh, yeah, for, against, for, w,、uh, for WBC, which is a belt that you've always wanted to have as well. Yes, it well, when I was a champion,、um, I was, that fight,、uh, I don't know what happened. I, I guess boxing politics, it, it never happened against、uh, Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas, yes. The WBC champion. And、uh, well, it's true. I always wanted that belt. And、uh, now, like, after winning this.、Uh, Title eliminator against Juan Carlos Payano. I, I became the mandatory for the WBC.、Mm-hmm. And how it looks like, you know, he wants to fight. Luis Neri wants to fight the current champion.、Mm-hmm. And I want to fight as well, you know. Like, let's make it happen. And I, and I saw an interview this week with Luis Neri, and he has a lot of respect for you as a person, you know. But in the ring, obviously, you know. He wants to keep his belt that he just got. So,、um, do you feel that you can beat Luis Neri? Of course, you know, like,、uh, I know we'll, we'll get ready like、uh, we always do, try to be the best shape in our, like, we always、uh, try to be.、Uh, we'll make the proper adjustments,、uh, the strategies、uh, to overcome that fight. But yes, I feel like、uh, we could, we could. Bring this title back home. And both of you are with PBC, so it, it should be a fight easy to make. But do you, see it, do you see it happening in the next couple, two, three months, maybe? Hopefully it does, Nancy. Hopefully, hopefully it does.、Um, I know he wants it.、Uh, we want it as well.、Um, I know he wanted to do a fight against、uh, this kid,、uh, Brandon Figueroa. Uh huh. But you know what? Like, I think I'll give him a better fight, you know? Not, not talking bad about Figueroa, but like, I got respect for him as well. But like, I think、uh, against two Mexican fighters like me and、uh, Luis Neri, it's going to be a war, you know? People want to see it. And、uh, let's give、uh, the people what they want to see, you know? That's a great fight against、uh, two great Mexican fighters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it really is. And I think that's a, f- a fight that all the fans want to see. And I mean, on top of that, that's why you fought your title eliminator to get that opportunity. Yes, yes, yes.、Yeah. So, so, I mean, we, we look forward to, to you fighting Luis Neri, hopefully. And hopefully, you'll be in, in this bubble, in the LA bubble. <laughs> you can try our bubble. <laughs> It'll be good. I, I think it'll be, be, it'll, be, it'll be closer. I think it'll be closer for him and、uh, closer for me as well, right? Yeah, yeah. There's at least, the, yeah, hometown, you know, all the, all the fans. And, and then if it's on Fox, come on. That's awesome. <laughs> Even better. Um, thinking about what you told me as an amateur. There's a lot of kids, Danny. You were an amateur kid. There's a lot of kids that have not fought this year because of COVID. And a lot of them, you know, they, they, they have that same mentality that you had and they just 
they want to give up. What advice would you give to all these kids that that can't be in a tournament right now that that prepared, you know, all these years to to fight? Uh, I I know I've been in that situation, but like uh, with this pandemic going on, I think it makes it a little bit longer. I know training training for for you could say like nothing because uh, are there any tournaments going on right now, Nancy? Um, oh, not, no. not in California. There's been like two or three, but not, not like that will rank you, you know, not those type of tournaments. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I know, I know it's, it sucks trading, not knowing when you're going to fight, but like, you know, it stick to your goal, you know, you trying to be the best, you know, either way, don't kill yourself in the, in the gym, but like try to be there. Try to work on your craft. Try to work on your technique. There's always something to do in the gym. You know, you don't got to go every day. Try to kill yourself because that eventually is going to wear you out. Yeah. So once in a while, take it easy. Uh, work on stuff that you need to improve. There's there's always something to improve. Even myself, you know, I, I don't consider myself as, as an excellent fighter because I know there's always room for me to improve. Yeah. So you, you could do it too. Don't give up. Stay focused to that, uh, to to your goals. Even even if you don't do boxing, you know you set goals, and stick to them, and don't get distracted. Don't try to get distracted because it's easily to get distracted. But like, it's, and it will be hard for you to get back on track. So stay focused. Whatever you're doing, in school as well. I know with this going on, it doesn't help. But like, you know what? Stay positive. So that's all like is gonna help you stay positive and do do your best at everything you do give it a hundred percent and watch fights you know I remember well <laughs> my kids my kids train at the rock and in the beginning mm-hmm. of the pandemic um, Elvis the trainer would send them exercises to do at home and then at the end he would put watch this fight like an old fight like Meldrick Taylor Chavez or Oscar versus whatever. Like, he'd always assign the kids a fight to watch, mm-hmm. you know, and just learn, learn, watch and learn all the legendary fighters, right? Yes. No, like, there, there's always something to learn from, from everybody, you know, is either a punch or is it, it's either a, a swing or going down a punch, uh, using a footwork. There's always something uh, that you could learn. A Mary fighter for sure and do you have um, any last messages you want to send to to the fans yes yes like thank you for supporting me uh, it's been a good road and we're still gonna go on and uh, hopefully this, this fight uh, happens with uh, with Luis Neri he wants it I want it let's, you know what let's make it happen and let's let's give uh, the people what you guys want to see that's a great fight like always um always gonna give my best to you guys and uh keep on you can follow me on instagram i'll keep you guys updated on and underscore babyface assassin underscore and uh, any news i'll let you know right away awesome well thank you for talking with us uh danny i really hope that you surprise us with a fight announcement soon and yeah. take care take care of your family and we wish you a happy thanksgiving and holidays yes Thank you, Nancy, and uh, happy Thanksgiving as well. And uh, enjoy Christmas as well before the year ends. And, like, you know, 
hopefully they'll give us good news before this year ends. Yeah, and wear a mask. Everybody, wear a mask. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired six, of it. Six feet, uh, six feet, uh, six feet apart. Distance. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, Danny, we wish you the best. God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you soon, hopefully. Ho hopefully, yes. Okay. okay, Danny, take care. Thank you, Nancy. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. It's always an honor for me to have you listen and share the podcast. This episode is sponsored by Palm Valley Insurance. Give them a call for your auto and house insurance. They're so great and they save me over $600 a year on all my accounts. They're licensed in California, Nevada, and Arizona. Give them a shot. Call them at 760-775-7256. They will take care of all your insurance needs.